Jazz win streak comes to an end with a 128-117 loss to the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets with a historic shooting performance, 8 of 8 in the first quarter, 15 of 17 in the second quarter, and they're 18 of 28 shooting. I'll have to check. Might be the best shooting performance of any team this year, 64%. And the answer to that is, as Tim Lacombe and Jake Scott join us, yes, that is the best three-point shooting performance of any team with 18 makes this year. And one of the better, we'll find out the last time somebody with 18 makes had a shooting performance like that in just a moment. Tim and Jake, what do you think of that one? Well, I, I kind of, uh, you know, just took it in from uh, our perspective as, a, as, you know, somebody really likes the game. You know, those two teams were really going at each other. The difference is uh, Denver just didn't miss. And in my in the thought I had watching that first half and then as the game concluded here was, you know, that's almost kind of what it would have taken to take the Jazz out off this streak. A uh, team just coming out and uh, really playing a near flawless game offensively and then really did enough defensively to, you know, cause the Jazz problems here and there. Who's your MVP? Uh, Jokic. In the NBA so far this year? <laughs> <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were talking about this game, too. No. <laughs> so, like, is that a trick question? <laughs> Uh, Jokic has to be up there, though, right? I mean, give it some thought. Who's having a better year than him right now? LeBron, maybe? I, 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 I don't LeBron's have always going to be in. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, that's an easy choice. I, I think the answer Embiid? Embiid is Embiid is the other answer. I think. But I, hmm. I mean, I, I mean, and I, I think Denver's about to go off too. Like they've won six of seven. They're about to go off. So, David, you said something earlier that I that I found interesting. You said the top tier of the NBA is the four teams just in the West. You don't throw Philly in there? No. Even with Embiid playing yeah, MVP level? I, I'm a believer in point differential. Okay. Their, their point differential is not real. So, uh, point differential is the best indicator you can have of what's coming next for a team. And Philadelphia's point differential so far this year is a plus 3.2. Jazz is plus 12, Lakers is plus 9, Clippers is plus 8, Milwaukee's plus 6, Denver's now about plus 5. So Brooklyn, Brooklyn, I think Brooklyn probably figures this thing out. On They're great. They're tremendous offensively. If, if one of those guys have to sit out a game, I think they can figure. You know, every game one of those guys sit out, then I, I think they play better. Probably. When only it's, two of them are in, a lot in of, the ballgame. Each of them yeah. want 30 possessions a night, and you yeah. only have about 100 for a team. So that makes it hard. That's not a bad idea, Ron. You kind of load, manage, and strategize all in the same movement. I like it. Um, <laughs> I think Milwaukee statistically looks like they should be in there, but I just think there's something wrong with Milwaukee. Yeah, Giannis. I, the, as far as this game goes, the, the thing that you know we talked about in the pregame, I mean, if there were a game that's, that kind of had neon lights around it as far as a – you know, a real difficult game for given all the circumstance. Um, Eleven games in a row, winning. Uh, Donovan and, and Faves come back. You've got a mid-afternoon game. Just all the different things that lined up. I was like, if there's a game, you know, that could really trip them here, it's probably this one. But even that being said, it was it really did take a, a superhuman effort because the Jazz, even through all that, kind of hung in there um, yeah, and kept that thing somewhat close. Still, still score 117 points. You know. Historic night, shooting a three-point shot. 
it's just it took and I, I totally agree with you the offensive game of the Denver Nuggets really just separated the two well the Jazz have an amazing math advantage on the three-point shooting for those who follow me on Twitter got my geek geeking out about that today um, at dlock09 um, but the the Denver took the took the math advantage away tonight yeah they did um, the other thing by the way I, I'll, I'll be the one who says the comment of concern here we can't stop them whether it's historic three-point shooting night or historic Jamal Murray night or historic like Jokic night, like the even the last time when we beat them, that was our third worst defensive night of the year. This is going to be our worst defensive night of the year. So we've played them. We played twenty games. Our seventeenth and our twentieth ranked defensive outings are against the same team. Like that tells me it's not our. It's we can't. Like we don't know how to stop them. Yeah, good point. So that that would be my concern. Like David James, Jake, you're in charge over there, right? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> David James has got to stop this whole get the number one seed so you don't have to play the L.A. teams twice. <laughs> I've heard him waving that flag. Right. Well, I've actually decided I'll take, the, I'll take something other than the number one seed because I don't want to play Denver if they're the four seed. Hmm. I'm writing this down. I'm writing a note to David here. He'll catch in the morning. Okay. I've already texted him. Okay. <laughs> You've already, he's already got it done. I, mean, I, had, I, had stuff to, I had time in the fourth quarter. <laughs> <laughs> stop the madness. Stop the first seed madness. That's right. We just, they just flipped the script on us tonight. You know, they did to us what we've been doing to other teams. Um, and really, I did believe it was, for the most part, the Jazz competed pretty pretty hard. Uh, it's just really hard to, to have an answer to that many made threes. Tried to get back in it. Yep. They were, yeah, give them, give them credit. Right? They sure. were great. They were great. Yeah. All right, boys. Well, uh, you got some time to, to get home and do something. That's kind of nice, right? Boys, got two men here calling this ball game, and we get called, you know, <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, you, you, you men have uh, a <laughs> little uh, a little time to do something this evening. What I, I want to what I wanna do closes in 26 minutes, so that no. doesn't do me any good. I'll take a night game, thanks. All right, guys, thank you very much. See you here, guys. 128 to 117, a couple of men right there. Lock and boom. Great, great men. Tough loss. Jazz uh, winning streak comes to an end. We're breaking it down next here on the Jazz Radio Network. The Jazz streak ends at 11. Jazz game night postgame show here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe. Jazz fall in Denver this afternoon, 128 to 117. Nikola Jokic, 47 points tonight for Denver to go along with his 12 rebounds. Denver made 18 of 28 threes. And really, while their their, um, main players were out there, were shooting over 70% from three, which is just unbelievable. Uh, Bogdanovich had 29 to lead the way for the Jazz, but, uh, you know, just not quite enough there, Tim. Yeah, and it's, um, you know, you can look at these, the box score not having watched the game, and, and uh, you know, you'd question whether the Jazz were in, in the same area code defensively, but if you watch that game, um, you know, it, they you, they did give up some open threes, but uh, really what happened was the Nuggets made a couple, and it really got contagious throughout the team. Very rarely do you see, um, you know, a team, I guess, never, the history of the game, um, you know, a quarter where they go eight for eight from three, every guy's involved. And um, more importantly, I think that's where Jokic really got going. The ball, you know, was just going in from anywhere, and it uh, it opened up everything for their team. The Jazz just have trouble. Locke was talking about it a little bit there in crosstalk. They just can't stop Denver. I mean, there's there's been a lot of sample size now, and they just don't have an answer. I don't know if anybody has an answer for Jokic, honestly, but – 
the Jazz have some figuring it out to do if they run up against this team in the playoffs for sure. Yeah, they, um, you know, they put the Jazz, I think they, they do a really good job of almost playing um, very similar to the way the Jazz play. They space the floor. They're really unselfish. They share it. They've got a guy, you know, a couple guys who can go off. Um, and so they, they just make it really difficult. But I think uh, Malone does a great job there, Coach Malone. Uh, even defensively, the, some of the looks that they were, they were in defensively reminded me of that Knicks first half where, you know, they were trying to disguise help and really kind of make the penetration kick-out pass really difficult for the Jazz. So uh, credit to, the, to them. But more than importantly, I think this is just one where Denver played better than the Jazz played. Yeah, they, I mean, Denver was great. Uh, Jamal Murray, uh, they held him to 16 points on 7 of 16 shooting. I guess that's a small victory. But Will Barton somehow went 5 for 6 from 3 and had uh, 18 points. Uh, Paul Millsap with 10 uh, Compazzo coming in off the bench with 11, and he was a big-time difference maker uh, for the Nuggets. He took well, a couple in the chops. Almost got his nose taken off uh, by, by, Joe, by Joe Ingles. And by the way, credit to the, the, the TV truck, the broadcast or whatever. We, we get a feed here in the studio, and I don't know how much of this the actual TV audience got, but we got a feed here in the studio. They must have showed that replay 20 times. And every single time I thought, oh, man. It was like a, it was like Frazier and Ali. You just kept seeing him go down, and they'd roll it back and crack and go down again. Um, you can so. see the moment in Compazzo's face where he realizes Ouch. that someone just shoved his nose straight uh, into his brain. That was that oh was man. Tough. Anyway, sorry to interrupt. It's <laughs> one of the the few interesting things that happened tonight from a, a Jazz perspective. Uh, but uh, yeah, the final Nuggets beat the Jazz one twenty eight. Uh, 117 coming up right around the corner. We'll get you uh, sound from the locker room. We'll get you uh, a post-game sound from Coach Snyder as well. Uh, we'll say goodnight to our network stations now. Our next broadcast is coming your way on Tuesday night, taking on the Pistons in the game time move there. So it's an 8 o'clock tip. Uh, but your final from Denver, the Jazz lose 128 to 117. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll continue on next here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night postgame show. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz lose this afternoon to the Denver Nuggets, 128-117. Postgame brought to you by Mark Miller, Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. No answer for Nikola Jokic. He ties his career high with 47 points. He also grabbed 12 rebounds, 5 assists, and the win streak comes to an end at uh, 11, Tim. And a lot of uh, online convo that I'm seeing about this uh, this game is uh, was this more about the Jazz defense or was this about Denver being unconscious? I think it had more to do with Denver being unconscious. <clears throat> um, I, I don't feel like the Jazz were that uh, out of position, uh, and really Denver made a, a lot of tough shots to kind of widen the gap. There were, like always in a in a game, there were you know missed assignments here and there, but overall, you know, I think this Jazz team defensively is pretty good. I think the uh, the way Denver attacked it maybe was. Um, you know, was was interesting because they really wanted to try to match some threes with threes and realized that uh, that's kind of how they lost the game last time. So uh, just more, I think, more credit to Denver here than than concern about the Jazz. Are you surprised at all that neither Rudy nor Derek Favors had really any impact on Jokic tonight? No, and, and neither of them did. Um, you know, Rudy, he didn't move Rudy around as, as well. He really kind of took advantage of Rudy in pick and roll more so 
to pops and got some early threes where Rudy was late. Um, but no, I, I think with favors, he, man, he just, there was one play in particular, he caught that thing at about the elbow and we all know how big favors is. And he just one you know, one bounce kind of crab dribble into him, moved him about three feet and got right to his spot and, you know, got a, got a shot at the basket. So, um, he, he's just a special player and really had it going tonight. Well, Favors had one play where he had a real legit complaint because they called a foul on Derek, even though it was Jokic bumping Derek out of the way. You know, even going back to the days of Shaq, I still don't understand how that stuff is not an offensive foul. It's really hard when you get big guys looking at you like, what, what am I supposed to do? And you're as a coach and you're trying to tell them to build a wall. That's what you tell them is beat. You know, get low, build a wall, absorb the hit. But, you know, you can't absorb a hit for very long and you're under the basket. And so it really has to be a, a deal where officials, you know, give the, the defense as good an opportunity to guard as they're giving the offense to. Because it, to me, it's, it's displacement totally defined. Yep. You know, and you who, can't displace. Who was it? What, which Kafusi was it that played with you guys for a couple of years? Was that Corbin? We had them both. We had Bronson and Corbin. But Corbin's the one who... Who Bronson played with you guys spot duty, didn't he? Right. Or, and, and Corbin he just went was, in and kind of knocked guys around. And Corbin was the one who who played, played for you played, guys yeah. for a while. Yeah, I I loved watching Biggs try to do that to him because that guy was just a no. Oh, he could that build guy a was wall. just a mountain. And of he man. didn't look at me like, what am I supposed to do? Like he built a wall <laughs> and they just, tried to knock the wall down and they never <laughs> succeeded. He did a pretty good job of holding the wall. Oh yeah, that's a kafusi. Now you get him in a ball not... screen. However, yeah, you got a whole new adventure. <laughs> All right, let's get to some post game sound. Let's start things off with uh, Coach Quinn Snyder. All right, we'll get started with Tony Jones, the athletic. Coach, the obvious you know story of the at least the first half, which extended to the game, was was Denver shooting fifteen for seventeen from three. Was it anything that you guys were doing wrong schematically, or was this? Or were you got, or were you satisfied with the defense, and they were just making tough shots? Well, I think you know, you saw the game, Tony. There, there was a lot of tough shots, but there were, you know, th- those tough shots. Either you know, maybe you can take them away altogether. Um, maybe you can make people more uncomfortable. Uh, I didn't think we had the edge that we had defensively. Um, you know, who's to say? Hats off to Denver for making those plays, of course. Um, but I thought in the second half we came out uh, with more of an edge. I mean, we cross-matched, we played zone, um, we doubled, we played man. Um, but ultimately, I think it doesn't, you know, regardless of what you do, um, you know, you have to, we have to play with more of an edge and more urgency. And like I said, you know, maybe it's 13 of 17, maybe it's 10 of 17, um, but we had to have more. And, and, and we found that at halftime and, you know, and, and hung in there and we're in a point where, you know, we cut the lead to single digits and, but you give yourself a really, really difficult hill to climb and a small margin for error. And you have to almost be perfect at that point. Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Quinn, it felt like they were rotating pretty quickly on you guys out on the three-point line. Did it feel like they were putting maybe more pressure on the you guys out there than you have seen recently? Um, you know, I thought we had a lot of looks. Um, you know, they required you make quick decisions, as you said. Um, they're up and aggressive at the point of the screening pick and roll, and that means you have to get off the ball quickly and, you know, and, and be spaced and, 
and make good pass. I thought the accuracy of our passes suffered. I thought they impacted us some with that, which gave them a little more time to close out. Um, but it just requires us to be more precise, you know, to use a ball fake, to pass the ball a split second sooner. Um, but we had, you know, we had, you know, we had a lot of open looks, but, you know, we needed to make more given the fact that we, you know, gotten ourselves into, you know, such a deficit. Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. I mean, I guess the same question that Tony asked you about the three-point shooting, but about Nikola Jokic's performance. How did you feel you guys defended him on his 47-point night? And, uh, you know, how much of that is tip your cap to a good player versus uh, things you could have done better? Well, I, I think, you know, it's both, you know. And sometimes when you say one, it diminishes the other. So, you know, it's definitely tip your cap. Um, but at the same time, you know, you have to believe, you know, everybody in our locker room um, has to believe that, that we can do better. And I think we are capable of doing better. It was, you know, he had a lot of space to operate. Um, you know, I, I thought, you know, collectively, you know, obviously it, it falls to, you know, in this case, you know, to, to Rudy and Fabe. That's a, that's a tall task for them. But I think if, you know, you ask Rudy, I think Rudy would say that he could do better. Um, you know, and we all can helping him. So he puts a lot of pressure on you. As I said, he came out shooting the ball so well from three. Um, and we just needed to be a little more aggressive uh, getting back to him. We closed out too short against him. You know, we didn't help quite soon enough. And when we did, um, you know, he, he made him. So, uh, as I said, a little bit of both situations. But he's, he's a great player. He's a great player. And Anderson, KSLSports.com. Quinn, he seemed to, speaking of Jokic, he seemed to get in a rhythm pretty early in the game. How hard is it to break rhythm of great players? Because you guys benefit from it as well. Yeah, it's difficult. I mean, that, that you, you can change a couple things to try to take someone out of a rhythm. You know, I, I thought, you know, we started with Boyan on him at the beginning of the game. I actually thought, um, you know, Boyan did a pretty good job on him. You know, he's going to be able to shoot over him. And, you know, the first possession, we wanted to have a little more help. Um, you know, Rudy was a little late coming over. Um, and then there were a couple other possessions where um, he made some tough plays, you know, as you said. But I think the main thing is to try to – you just have to try to make it hard. And to the extent I thought it was too easy in the first half, as I said, I don't you know, think anybody in our locker room would disagree with that, not just on him but on their team. Um, I am, um, you know, take some consolation in the fact that, that – we came out the second half with more of an edge. I think did a better job, but again, you know, he's still going to get get some. It's it's hard, you know. You you don't want to give him forty seven points, but at the same time, if you're doubling him and doing things, he's so he's such a willing and uh, not just capable, but you know, unique elite passer um, that it just requires everybody to you know to be unbelievably urgent and precise in what you're doing defensively to make it difficult for him. Last question, Joe Varden, The Athletic. Hey, Quinn, it's nice to see you. It, it's kind of a, a two-parter here. First, um, mm -hmm. given how far into the year you guys are and how good you've been, um, does any part of the way last season ended still come up in your conversations uh, or the guys' conversations? And then kind of along with that, this far into the year now, um, and the Jazz are right at the top of the West, the top of the NBA, um, how do you feel like 
how do you feel you guys have looked compared to some of those other great teams and where you think you fit in in that conversation? Honestly, I don't, I, I don't think we're thinking about that. Um, you know, you, you always, you know, learn from um, experience, but as far as looking at the standings or, you know, comparing ourselves to other teams, you know, th those things happen at the end of the year. And, you know, regardless of what your perception is of yourselves or someone else's perception of you, um, you know, the, the key thing is to be at your best then. So I, I think that's been the focus that we've had um, up to this point. It'll be the same focus we have after tonight. Um, I think regardless of the result, you know, our, our challenge to ourselves has been to try to continue to get better. And, you know, that's what you take from a night like tonight. You know, there's a, there's, it's hard in the regular season to evaluate yourself on any one game, um, but you can certainly uh, on the result of any one game. Um, but that doesn't mean, you know, you don't evaluate how you played. And I, I think that's the primary thing that, that you want to take with it. And that's what allows you to help, helps you get better. That's it. Thank you, coach. There you go. Coach Quinn Snyder, tough loss uh, this afternoon to the Jazz at the hands of the Nuggets, uh, 128 to 117. Uh, I thought all the he, – he talked a lot about defense there, answering a couple of different questions, Tim. And, it, you know, he said they threw everything they had at Denver. I mean, he described all the different defenses that they ran, and it just nothing, – nothing threw Denver off of uh, their stride. Yeah, and the one piece I, he said that I'll agree with, I think, um, you know, I – I was ready to just kind of sweep this one under the rug as an aberration because Denver played so well, but he made a good point. I mean, um, you know, he feels like the, the edge that maybe they've had in the last couple of games defensively, especially to start, they probably had a little bit slower start. I don't know how much that had to do with you're playing a way better team, um, but I, that's probably a point well taken. And again, if you can cut that team, you know, one extra look or two extra looks and you never know quite when, but you've got that edge you you know that's something the jazz have been able to use in their favor and and that was definitely something that they didn't necessarily carry around tonight well and then he you know described specifically uh talked about playing defense against Jokic and and he was pretty frank about that he said a lot of this is just going to come down to Rudy and uh you know Derek Favors when he's in there that they need to to go out there and play better and I, I thought that was interesting uh Quinn said you know if you asked Rudy I think he'd tell you he can play better yeah, and that that was what stood out to us. Uh, you know, I just think Jogic kind of got more where he's accustomed to getting against Rudy than he normally does, um, and and any even favors too. You know, maybe that's the thing that they focus on from this game is how do we do a better job of just not letting him get off to a great start. Here's a positive note for you, uh, 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 Coach. Only seven offensive rebounds for Denver tonight. Yeah, they didn't they didn't have many misses. That's, you know, that's conversely, that's the only issue. In fact, let's uh, let's go through some of these. Let's get your sharp stats of the game brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. Uh, tonight, the Jazz shot 42.7% from the field. They're 20-47 from three, 42.6%. They were led by Bogdanovich, who had 29 points. Uh, let's see. Uh, Donovan Mitchell had 13. Clarkson had 13 coming in off the bench. 12 for Conley. 12 for Rudy to go along with uh, eight rebounds. 12 for Royce O'Neal. 10 for Joe Ingles. Uh, Joe also added six assists, but of course, Nikola Jokic with the, the big night, 47 points on 17 of 26 shooting, 12 rebounds, five assists. He had a couple of steals and a block as well. Denver overall shot 54% and 64.3% from three. Wow. Yeah, that's, 
I mean, obviously, it's the the toughest numbers we faced. I mean, they they played way better tonight than than that Nets team that blew the Jazz out. Um, this was more that was more kind of Jazz were still trying to find themselves. Um, this one had way more to do with Denver just being really really good tonight. Go where love takes you in the all new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback. Available now, Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Uh, we'll get you player sound coming up right around the corner and continue to break this one down as the Jazz lose to the Nuggets tonight, 128 to 117, right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. The Nuggets beat the Jazz 128-117. to Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe with you. Let's check out your points in paint brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting, you do life. Tonight, the Jazz got crunched in the paint 48-24. to And, Tim, the, the 48 makes some sense. I mean, Jokic had a, had a huge night for the Nuggets. Um you know, he was getting the, the hook was going, everything was going for him. So, but 24 is a super low number for this jazz team. I'd have to go back and check, but I believe that's the lowest number they've had in the paint all year. Yeah. They did a good job of, of, we talked about, you know, you got to kind of pick one or the other. They kind of did a, jo- a good job of doing both. Um, they, to me, it looked like, and I'd have to go back and watch it again, but as they, as the game rolled kind of the idea that they were really kind of zoning up the backside, um, they were in a position where they were, you know, there to take, to discourage any kind of role, but the minute a pass was thrown, they had really good angles and you saw a couple of those get tipped out of bounds, you know, as the jazz were trying to make those cross court passes, uh, that was a main focus of their defense. And I think it had a real impact on just indecision and the jazz, not necessarily getting the ball where it needs to go. Seemed like the jazz missed a few layups too. I mean, uh, Joe missed one. Mike Conley missed one badly. Ru- Rudy, on Rudy a, on missed a, one. Yeah, yeah he little, did on one. He really should have dunked. Roll. Yep. So, yeah. you know, they missed some some shots at the at the rim, but not Boyan Bogdanovich, who had a great night tonight. Eight of 13, 29 shots, and he um, had had some issues uh, finishing at the rim, but uh, not an issue for him tonight. Yeah, it's it's interesting that um, you know it took a while, and we were talking about you know man when Boyan starts going watch out but you know the key is everybody's got to kind of fire at the same time but what's nice is that's two games in a row that he got to see the ball go in way more than it didn't and for his mindset and psyche right now that's exactly what the doctor ordered yeah absolutely all right let's go back to denver donovan mitchell is addressing the media all right we'll get started with sarah todd desert news hey don first game back after being out for a couple um did you feel right out there what and are you having any sort of lingering effects from the concussion um, no, I mean, they started blasting music loud as hell to start the game. So I think I'm fine. Um, but I feel, feel good just trying to get my rhythm back. You know, I think that's the biggest thing. Um, but no really effects at all. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey Don, so looking back at that first half when, when Denver shoots 15 of 17 from three point range, um, when you look back at that, what what do you think you guys can do differently? Obviously, a lot of those were tough shots they hit, but um, what else did did you see in terms of what you guys could have done to I make? Think it, um, I think it really starts from the beginning of you look, you look at the end result. You know, you think about how they got to those points. You know, where are we pushing them out of their spots? Where are they catching the ball? Where are they starting the possession? Are we pressuring the ball? 
Um, I think that's the biggest thing. You know, shots are shots. You know, at the end of the day, great defense beats great offense beats great defense ten times out of ten. But um, at the end of the day, I think it's a matter of how they got to those spots. How do they? Are we helping? You know, are we picking up? Are we doing the little things? Um, as opposed to saying, man, they shot 15 or 17. Let's just be more aggressive before we get to that point, before we get to a three-point shot, you know? And like you said, there were some tough shots where we played good defense. They just hit a shot. But I think it's more about, you know, just the possession as a whole, you know, and I, we, we stress that, you know, we start kind of catching the ball at the elbow as opposed to pushing them out to the three-point line, just making them uncomfortable. I don't think we did a good job of that. Brian Miller, KSL. Hey, Donovan, I'm just curious, do losses after these long win streaks feel a little different? I think because we felt like we didn't play our best in the loss. You know, I think that's that's what hurts, you know, especially the way we played the past two games in Dallas or back home against Dallas, like to go have that performance and then come out here and then they come out and shoot 15 to 17. You know, I think that's what, you know, hurts the most. And then to come out to play the way we played in the second half, um, that's what kind of stings a little more as opposed to, the world is ending. You know, I don't think we're in that mode at all. I think, you know, at the end of the day, this is a loss. You know, we learn from it, move on. But I think it's just the way it happened. I think that's what kind of stings because there's things that we can control um, outside of them shooting, you know, whatever it was from three. Ben Anderson, CastleSports.com. These are the best back-to-back games you've gotten from Boyan so far this season. What, what, what are you seeing from him? Does it feel like he's playing differently than he was earlier this uh, year? I think he's just one. He's making shots. You know, I think that's that's the the big thing. You know, I think that game last game against Dallas really helped him see how he can kind of get going. You know, the certain layups that he was missing. You know, he's starting to make. You know, starting to make himself easier for him running in transition, uh, shooting instead of pump faking. You know, whatever it may be uh, for him, and he's 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 looking good. He feels in rhythm, and you know, I think that's the biggest thing for us recognizing that. I think he had thirty tonight or whatever. And, you know, only on thirteen shots, so. You know, those those that's going to be huge for us, just being able to integrate him back. You know, we were trying to do it. We were trying to do it, you know, and he was pushing his way. And I think this is, you know, just a start for him. Um, but we've got to continue helping him, you know, because he, he was there for us offensively. We didn't really, you know, have much else around. But um, I think for him, it's just being able to see the ball go in just a few times, get to the line, playing through contact, not anticipating the foul. Uh, I think that's kind of the biggest thing. All right, that's it. Thanks, Donovan. There was Donovan Mitchell right there. Donovan struggled a little bit tonight. Uh, Tim, not sure if it's uh, lingering effects from the concussion. He said uh, that it wasn't right there uh, or just, uh, you know, got out of rhythm, taking a couple of games off. But Donovan tonight, 13 points, three of 12 shooting, three of eight from three, had three assists, a steal and a rebound, but was really um, just kind of a non-factor. It just, you you didn't find yourself uh, like you usually do going, you know, ooh, Every other play, Donovan has the ball. You know, he just wasn't uh, wasn't as impactful. And I think it has more to do with the loss of rhythm. I think the team, particularly, you know, the team really played well in his absence, and not you know because he was gone. Just they they played really well. And you know, as a, as a guy coming in who's the leading scorer, you don't want to come in and disrupt that. So you don't want to try to overdo it. Um, and, and at the same time, you know, you, you got to play on attack. So I think that's part of it, just trying to feel his way through that, that whole scenario. Let's get a look at your master of the glass tonight, brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, the local vehicle glass expert, back for another great year of basketball and proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program. At the end of the season, Safe Light will donate $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. Tonight was the night to, uh, 
to uh, not have Rudy because he only had eight rebounds, but not a strong rebounding night for the Jazz. He is still your master of the glass. Royce had six. Uh, Derek Favors had six coming in off the bench. But overall, uh, the Jazz uh, with only 38 total rebounds, 10 of which were offensive. Rudy did have six. Six of his eight rebounds were offensive rebounds. That's And that's such an encouraging sign, especially tonight uh, where, you know, the, really if the Jazz just would have folded up their tents, the thing would have gotten really bad. Uh, but they continued to play hard, and guys came in off the bench and, and brought a lift. Um, you know, uh, Favors, obviously, two offensive rebounds coming out, and, and Rudy had six of them. That means, hey, we're still playing hard. We're still trying to make the best of a tough situation, and that's stuff that's encouraging from a, you know, a fan coaching perspective to see. Let's go back to Denver, where Derek Favors is addressing the media. We'll get started with Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Babe, how do you guys feel like um, the effort that you did against Jokic? Obviously, you know, he's a tremendous player and he's going to go out there and do his thing. As you look back at it, are, are there things you wish you had done differently or feel like you could have done differently to make it a little tougher for him? Um, I think we could have been a play with a little bit more energy with him, be a little bit more, um, you know, a little bit more physical, probably take away some airspace with him, but, you know, he's, he's a great player. You know, he's going to make plays. He's going to make shots. I mean, he's been putting up numbers all year. So, you know, he had, he had a great game, but I think we could have, um, could have played a little better, but, you know, you can't worry about it now. Just got to move on to the, to the next game and, you know, just worry about that when we play him again. But, you know, he just got to give him his credit. He made a lot of um, tough shots, made a lot of plays for him. And, you know, it is what it is. Sarah Todd does red news. Dave, kind of in general, when when some of the great players like that are getting hot and going off like that, is there really much that you can do to, to try to take them out of that zone? Um, you know that that's, that's a, you know that's tough. You know, once a player gets going, um, you know they start hitting shots, and especially somebody of his caliber that gets you know twenty shots, whatever, it's it's kind of tough to you know take that player out of his zone. So. Like I said, he, he's a good player. Um, I think in the second half, we kind of made it a little bit more tough for him. But by that time, he was already going and the whole team, you know, was hitting shots and, you know, they was on fire and they got going. So, um, <clears throat> you know, I think next game or, you know, whenever we play them again, I think we just got to come out just play a little harder, um, play with a little bit more energy um, and not make it so easy for them um, on both sides of the ball. But, you know, like I said, you got to give them their credit. They came out there, played play good, played hard, uh, made plays, made a lot of shots. You know, they won. Nicole, Tab Deportes. Hi. What What is for you the key adjustment for the team when you make the big run in the turn? Can you repeat that? I'm sorry. Uh, yes. What is the key adjustment for the team when you make the big run in the third quarter? Oh, okay. Um... I think we just came out and just played with more energy on the defensive end. We made it, we tried to make it tougher for the um for Jokic, obviously, and um for their guards. And, you know, we got some key stops on the offensive end. We was moving the ball, making the extra pass, and guys was making threes and getting to the line and attacking the basket. So um I think in the third quarter we just picked up the energy and just um tried to fight back and just made good plays and on the defensive end, just try to make it tough for them, which we did and they um started missing shots, but no, I think that's how we got to start a game out. All right, that's it. Thanks, Derek. There you go, Derek Favors. Uh, talking about that third quarter run. They did get it within eight, Tim, but uh, then 
couldn't uh, couldn't make that push at the beginning of the fourth quarter to quite close it in. It's so hard when you give a good team that that type of cushion, and the Jazz did. I mean, to their credit, came back, um, you know, made it really interesting. Uh, just could not close that quarter out strong, and then Denver just kind of found their footing. And then once Jokic was back in, it was game off. And then Derek uh, talking there, uh, something you've uh, talked about a couple times here on the post game show. You know, they just got to let them get rolling early. They didn't make it difficult for them early, and by the time Denver cooled off, the game was basically over. And you know what's great to hear is all, all those guys mentioned that. I think that's, that's again, indication that, you know, what's being said and what's being taught is, is being communicated right, and the guys are aware of it. You know, I, I think they all talked about if our ball pressure was better, you know, if we were a little more alert on the weak side, uh, those types of things. And, and that's, you know, even after winning 11 games and having a team – have a great night against you. Obviously, there's still accountability, which is a great sign. Go where love takes you in the all-new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Your final, the Nuggets beat the Jazz 128-117. to More players sound, more analysis coming up next here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe, Jazz ball tonight to the Nuggets, one twenty eight to one seventeen. Post game brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Let's get to your three point feature, sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve their financial dreams for more than eighty years. Tonight, the Jazz from three were really good. Twenty of 46 percent. Uh, Bogdanovich was five of ten. Royce O'Neal was four of four. Uh, Donovan Mitchell, 3 of 8. Joe Ingles, 2 of 4. Uh, Clarkson, 4 of 11. Mie Oni got into the act, 1 of 1. Mike Conley was uh, was 1 for 6. Uh, the, the Jazz, actually, this is on a good note for you, uh, Tim. The Jazz passed the 2016 Houston Rockets for most threes made in a calendar month in NBA history. So they're shooting the ball really well, apparently, and a lot. Um What's crazy to me in looking at this box, so we, we're talking about the Nuggets just having this crazy out-of-body experience from three, and they did, you know, make what they made in the first half. The Jazz had more threes made than the Nuggets in that game, which just blows me away because that was, you know, in the, that's really what, if you're just watching the game, that's what blew you away is how good the Nuggets were from three. 15 of 17 in the first half, Yeah, right? Ended up making 18 total for the game, but the damage was was done. Yeah, it it really was. I mean, down 25, you're just – and I know they got it to within eight, but, I mean, the odds of coming right. back down 25 are just slim to none. And, and you've said it a bunch tonight, and you're, you're totally right. The the Nuggets did to the Jazz what the Jazz did to the Mavericks. I mean, yeah, it was, it was exactly that. They just – you know, they executed great, but most importantly, just made shot after shot after shot and buried you. We, we made the joke in uh, the first Mavericks game, I guess, uh, that uh, we could have just recorded the post game at halftime and gone home. We probably could have done the same thing tonight. <laughs> just Let's just go ahead and record out the post game and uh, go home for a, a little Sunday dinner. I was kind of hoping for an, you know, a comeback right there. And, that would have been fun. But I think if, like it was last time, it was 15 at halftime, they, they would have been right there. But, you know, 25 is just way too deep to bury yourself and have any chance. All right, let's get some more post-game sound. Uh, let's go back to Denver. Rudy Gobert is addressing the media. We'll start with Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Rudy. So um, Quinn was saying that he felt like 
there just wasn't enough of an edge defensively for the first half tonight. Uh, I guess, you know, after after the defense you guys have been playing lately, what kind of caused that tonight, and, and how do you rebound from that? I mean, it's tough to win a game against a good team when you give up 80 points in the, in the first half, and, you know, that's what we did tonight. Uh, I think there was multiple reasons, but... You know, I think there's a lot of things that we can control that we, we can do better. And at the same time, we got to give them credit, too. I mean, they, they shot 100% from three. I think they missed one three in the first half. Most of them were contested, too. So, you know, it's it's on us to, to make sure we come out and maybe make them feel us a little more and, uh, and be a little more physical. And, uh, you know, I think we did a great job in the second half, you know, uh, playing better defense and, uh, and offensively. You know, I think uh, we wouldn't, we're not having any trouble to scoring. So, you know, it's just hard to win when you give up 80 points in one half. Brian Miller, KSL. Hey, Rudy. Um, how, as you mentioned, they shot lights out in that first half. How difficult is it to, I guess, stay engaged, keep that urgency up when teams are just going off like that? I mean, it's... Um, it's a battle, you know, you want to you wanna keep doing what you do and not overreact, but at the same time, they keep making them, they keep making them. So, you know, we, we try to maybe be a little more aggressive, run them up the line, and then they, and then they get easy stuff in the paint. So it's really, I think it's really on us to, you know, keep our composure and make sure we don't, you know, if they're going to make shots early, it's going to be contested shots. And, uh, and then whenever they miss, we got to make sure we control the rebound and, uh, and we can go. Sarah Todd, Deseret News. Rudy, what more can be done or what maybe could you could you think that could have been done better against Jokic? I mean, as you said, they were shooting a lot and he was he was a huge part of that. I mean, a lot of things. A lot of things. I think he got, you know, he got it going early. Uh, I, sh- I mean, I should have done a much better job. You know, he, he scored way too easily, especially in the first half. Second half was much better, but, you know, it's, once again, when someone scored 30 in the first half, um, you know, it's tough to be in a position when you can uh, when you can win a game, and it's uh, it's a big. I mean, I take full responsibility for that. You know, I gotta the team relies on me, and I gotta come up, you know, better in the first half. Christos Saltos, Sport DNA, Greece. Hello, Rudy. How could you ex- how could you describe the effort on second and third quarter tonight? And uh, as uh, one of the leaders of this team, you feel responsible to make a step up and be more dominate uh, on the next game? Of course. You know, of course, it's a long season. You know, uh, you know, every day. I mean, it's human. You know, you can you can be at the top all the time and, you know, sometimes we're going to have nights or we're going to have quarters when, or, you know, moments where, you know, we're not as good and we got to make sure that, you know, we, we know why, we understand why and next game we come out and, uh, you know, we, we, we do what we do. And tonight was one of those nights when, you know, we had the first half when, you know, we, that once again, we gave up 80 points uh, as a top defensive team in the league. That's, that should not happen. You know, so we're going to make sure that it doesn't happen again. All right. That's it. Thanks, Rudy. All right. There you go. That's uh, Rudy Gobert and uh, Rudy tonight. Uh, 12 points, four of seven shooting, eight rebounds, had one block shot, had an assist. But you know what I like about Rudy? Personal accountability right there. Exactly what Quinn Snyder said that Rudy would say. I can play better. Uh, you know, it's my responsibility. The team leans on me. It wasn't good enough. I mean, it's 
I, I think that shows real leadership when you hear somebody publicly come out and take responsibility. Yeah, because it's so easy, you know, to get caught up in everything being said well about you that you start to bristle when you hear, you know, critique or whatever. But he, you know, he just called it like it was. I mean, he understands that a guy like Jokic is is really dangerous to begin with. But when you he sees his first couple go in, um, you know, it just makes it that, that much more difficult. So mark it down on the calendar the next time they play. Rudy will have a little chip on his shoulder and let's see what happens. You know, in, in the way Jokic plays, it's, I mean, no other team, unless you can think of one that I'm missing, runs their offense through the center like the Denver Nuggets. I mean, this is a totally different responsibility than Rudy uh, typically has on a night-in and night-out basis. It's got to be somewhat difficult uh, to, you know, switch really the way you play defense because of one assignment, uh, you know, you'll play a few times a year. Yeah, and he he really does. You make a great point. I think his his ability to, to be effective from three-point line is – for a big guy, that's that creates a whole new group of issues because a lot of nights you can play and you don't really need to get out there urgently. But Jokic, as he showed tonight, can really shoot that shot. And then you've got tons of opportunity in the mid post where he's going to isolate you and back you down. And so you've got to have that, uh, you know, quick feet and then the physical nature of the pounding he, he puts on you when he backs you down and then his footwork. So you got to be disciplined and stay down. And he, he just tests every part of being a, a big guy. I mean, he really does. And he has the ball in his hands the whole All game. All the time. Yeah. yeah, whole game. I mean, I don't think there's another setter in the league that has the ball in his hands that much. I mean, it's just so different. I mean, it goes from, you know, you need that lateral quickness and, and playing against a pick and roll and, and when to hedge on what player and et cetera, et cetera. The it's handoffs, so much, all the handoffs yeah, they run. So much different yeah. when you're when you're playing a, a guy like Jokic. That's, that's got to be hard. But I, I, again, come back to this. I love it. The Rudy's, you know, stepping up there and saying, hey, I, it's my responsibility to do it. This is my assignment on the team. Wasn't good enough tonight. End of story. Yeah. And, Period. And what's cool is they all said something to that effect that they could have been better. And that's what you want to hear from your team. I mean, like like Rudy said, you're not going to be at the top of your game every night. You're not going to win every game. Uh, that's why it's important to take these lessons that you learn on a loss and file them away. Because it would be easy for Rudy to to come up and say, "Kyle, he was on fire. Couldn't miss. What are you going to do? You know, we threw or, everything at him. Or somebody, you know, you know, critiques him and he goes to, oh, well, we've won 11 in a row, you right. know. No, but, hey, to, to take it like that, you know, and to take it, like you said, the accountability is refreshing. It is, very much. in a team that, you know, you could easily ch- chalk it up, you know, we've won 11 in a row. I would be simple. People would understand that answer, but that's not what he's given. That's not how he feels. And so that's uh, certainly refreshing coming from Rudy Gobert and probably why, uh, you know, he's the best defender on the planet and why he gets better seemingly on a game-in, game-out basis and always has. I mean, it's still, it's still incredible to think back to Rudy's, uh, you know, first couple of years in the league and just when he got out on the floor, you kind of – you, you know, how long is this going to last? Yeah, right. Time? Exactly. Yeah. Like here, here's another Kirill Fasenko, a guy they drafted just for size and thought, you know, it could have potential and it's going nowhere. And then all of a sudden, you know, what was it? His third year or second year when Ennis Cantor gets hurt and Rudy comes in and all of a sudden they're a completely different basketball team and he can catch the ball the next year after that and shoot free throws uh, the next year after that. I mean, he's just constantly getting better. And I think it's because of, because of that accountability and that he's self-aware and knows what he has to do and then throw in work ethic and bam, recipe for an all-star. And honestly, put it, we'll have to look the game up, but the next Denver game, I guarantee you there's going to be a humongous chip. You'll probably be able to see it. Uh, because Rudy operates like that, and you got to love it. You know, Jokic got the better of him tonight. But the beautiful part about a season is you get a, a couple cracks at these guys, and you know, in the division, you're going to see him a lot more. Let's see if they have another game scheduled with Denver. Not yet. Okay. 
So they do not. Uh, of course, we only have half the season schedule. I, I would guess that uh, they'll play another couple times. All right. Well, mark it down. Mark it down. We will keep an eye out for it. All right. Go Where Love Takes You in the all-new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback. Available now. Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Jazz lose tonight uh, to the Denver Nuggets 128-117. to Coming up next, we'll get Coach Lacombe's final thoughts before we put this one behind us and look forward to the Pistons on Tuesday. It's uh, your Jazz Game Night postgame show on the Jazz Radio Network. Here's Ingles, down by 11 now with 109 left. Ingles drives, brings three defenders to him, slides by, layup no good, rebound tipped out, back to Ingles. Clarkson's going to fire a three. Clarkson's going to hit a three. It's an eight-point game. Jazz game night, post-game show. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe. There was your play of the game brought to you by Larry H. Miller Dealerships for service, sales, and selection, lhmauto.com. Driven by you. Jazz fall to the Denver Nuggets, 128 to 117. Jake Scott, Tim Lacombe with you. Post game brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation free Subaru retailer. Um, Tim, look at it. Look at this. Our boy uh, Tyson Ewing even getting some stats to us, even though he didn't work the game today. How about that? That's dedication. See, it's just above and beyond. That's dedication. I mean, that's that's, that's the boy. attitude that has to exist in an organization if you're going to have success. All right. Uh, you can always follow uh, our friend Tyson uh, at Ty Ewing 2 on Twitter, at Ty E-W-I-N-G 2 on Twitter. Uh, he, he wasn't working AT&T Sportsnet tonight because he uh, dabbles on the side as the voice of uh, the uh, uh, Utah women's basketball team. So thanks to, to Tyson for still getting this in. Here you go. Uh, he says, despite the loss, the Jazz drilled 23-pointers again. Uh, this is now the eighth time they've hit 20-plus three-pointers this season. They have now moved past the 73-win Warriors and are now tied with the 17-18 Rockets for fifth most 20-plus point three games in NBA history. And we're just getting started in this season. That's pretty amazing, actually. That, that's really amazing. And, and it's also interesting that, you know, we've won our share of, of games hitting 20. Um, but it wasn't the threes tonight that lost us the game, obviously. Uh, we shot the ball well. This is not a live-and-die-by-the-three team. Um, they, they found ways to win. This one, just an interesting way to lose against a team that just shot it way, way better than the Jazz did. Yeah, I mean, it, this, you know, it goes against the make-or-miss league kind of theory because the, the Jazz made a bunch of them. Yep. But, but Maybe it's make or make more. <laughs> that's that's that, what tonight was. Yeah, uh, Denver made more. Yep. And by the way, Denver still had 12 extra shots in the Utah Jazz turnovers an issue, 14 turnovers, five turnovers from Donovan Mitchell. Again, Donovan just seemed out of joint tonight. He just missed a couple of games and lost out on his rhythm a little bit. And it does happen. You know, I mean, you, you sit out, everybody else keeps going. They, you know, is really no different than playing with a, a bunch of guys you're used to, early morning pickup. And then they, you know, somebody decides to bring a friend and a fight breaks out because nobody quite knows how to handle the friend. I mean, there's a rhythm to it. Uh, well, yeah. Now I'm just having uh, uh, visions of uh, Jim Carrey and the cable guy when yeah. he goes to play pickup basketball. Hey, man, nice shot. <laughs> Prison rules, eh? <laughs> Love that movie. All right. Uh, Jazz uh, win streak comes to an end at 11 as they fall tonight to the Nuggets, 128 to 117. Nikola Jokic. Just terrific. 47 points, 12 rebounds, five assists, a couple of steals, had a block shot. 
And uh, it's amazing that Denver, uh, and we talked about this in the pregame show, but it's amazing that they found him in the second round. I mean, he's he's playing at an MVP type level. He's going to be a perennial All Star for years to come, and just goes to show you, it pays to to scout and uh, and know what you're doing. Yeah, and he he is just a he's a pleasure to watch from a coaching standpoint. He doesn't really make anything look too difficult, but another guy who can triple threat. You know, he can he can stretch the perimeter. Um, he can handle the ball well enough and pass the ball at an elite level. And then his post-up game and footwork is just awesome. Jimmy Butler was also a second rounder. It, it's it's amazing to me when you see you know these uh, you know number one options on teams when they they uh, they come from the second round because it's like wow everybody had a crack at that guy. You know we we talked about Tony Parker for years, right? Where the Jazz were deciding between Raul Lopez and uh, and Tony Parker and ended up picking Lopez. You know even Manu Ginobili goes in the second round. It's just. You know, teams have got to be always kicking themselves. Even back of the first round, how many teams uh, passed on Rudy as he goes twenty-seven that are that are kicking themselves? It's pretty amazing. It's you know, I learned recruiting kids um, that th- there are so many red herrings involved, and sometimes you know you almost get too much information, and in other cases, not enough. But I do know I recruited enough guys, and, and you know, plenty of good ones that kept me in it for a long time. Um, but you know, you learn that there's no exact science. You you go out there, you put your what you value, and you try to pick to that, and and that's the best you can do. What's uh what what's kind of a percentage recruiting hits and misses? What's what a good recruiter, what percentage on recruits do they hit? You know what? I, I'll bet it's not in, in today's day and age. As many guys move around and everything, I would say it's probably you're lucky if you hit a fifty fifty. Really, you really are. I'd be curious, you know, maybe we could do a deep dive on this sometime. Go back and look at, like, what's a, a good general manager draft hits and misses, right? You yeah. Know? Oh, it's yeah. definitely something you could uh, – the numbers would bear out all the way across the board, so that'd be interesting. Because, I, you know, the Jazz have drafted really well uh, over, you know, during Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck's uh, – uh, run with uh, with the team, but there there are misses there too. I mean, it's it's just important. You look at um, uh, the Seventy Sixers, the whole trust the process oh, man, thing. You know, they they nailed uh, Joel Embiid, obviously, and a lot of people tell you Ben Simmons. That's a win too. But forever, you know, the, they had the Nerlens Noel and the um, oh, who's the Duke kid? Okafor. Yeah, that just that just did nothing. That didn't pan out. Yeah. yeah, and those are you know those are top five picks. I'd yeah. be I'd be curious what to, when general managers are evaluating each other, what percentage of hits in the draft is is like the best general manager. Yeah, and it is. That's the part. This thing, you know, you you say you know the Jazz have done a great job, but have missed here and there. That's just that's it. You that's know, everybody's yeah. going to miss, um, and you just hope and pray that you you compile enough information. And again, the the information that's really valuable to you as an organization. You know, you, the Jazz are, are going to get involved with certain character-level guys, and they're going to, you know, if they can find those numbers that make sense, they're going to they're take their shot at them. And in addition, what, what happens when you miss? Because I'm, I'm just thinking of the Jazz, for example, and uh, some people would argue maybe Dante Exum was a miss, but you flip him for Jordan Clarkson. It's not bad. Yeah. Key component on the team. <laughs> yeah, and I guess how would you how would you track all that and value It'd all that? It'd be impossible, right? yeah. But, yeah. But no, I mean that's that's what makes it really interesting at the pro level is all these transactions can take place. You know, Ryan Smith made the comment to us in when he came to visit that he wants this to be the most fan friendly arena in the country because 
if you if you're in in the in the league because if you make it that way, you know people are like, man, that place must be cool. So it's a totally different way to think, but um, just trying to to focus on you know what makes the jazz great. All right, Tim, what are we taking from this one? Give us a few final thoughts. Um, you know these games happen. I, I think we were uh, you know pretty upfront about the fact that this was looked like a, an opportunity for the Jazz to trip up. Uh, but more than anything, they uh, my f- thing I'll take from it is they really fought, you know, in a tough situation. Um, I I really didn't expect them to make a game of it, but they got that thing back to eight. So there's certainly a bunch of fight in that in that team. And, um, you know, Donovan's now got to get acclimated again. But uh, with games, you know, four games now coming up in the next week, he'll have plenty of opportunity to do that. All right. We want to say a big thanks to David Locke and uh, Ron Boone. Great job calling all the action uh, today as usual. Who's our broadcast assistant tonight, Alex? John Kiefer tonight was our broadcast assistant. Big thanks to John. Thanks to Alex Lundberg, who, uh, of course, is executive producer of Jazz Game Night. In his Grizzlies jersey. Yeah, Lundy rocking the the Grizzlies uh, gear today. Look at that. Looking looking sharp Sharp. over there. Big hockey fan, our boy Lundy. I didn't know that about him until today. You know, Grizzlies gear is pretty good looking. It's not bad. I like the green. Looks I good. do too. Uh, big thanks to the uh, title sponsor of the post game. That's Mark Miller Subaru. Go where love takes you in the all new, completely redesigned 2021 Subaru Outback. Available now at Mark Miller Subaru, the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Tim, thank you, buddy. Always fun hanging out with you on a Sunday. Yep, it was great. Now we get uh, a little bit of a night, which would be nice. Next up, the Jazz take on the Detroit Pistons. Uh, that game will be Tuesday night. Tip off will be at 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage will begin at 7, and of course you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.